Hey guys, welcome to episode 17 of Super High Sci-Fi. Uh, we're extra high today because we have my good friend Justin joining us in Cincinnati where it's 90 degrees and sunny. Cloudy. Sam. Uh, it's actually pretty warm here too, gotta tell you. And you can see we found Sam again. We got him out of the carbonite yep. again. I guess this is like getting your car repoed repeatedly. It just feels bad, but we got him back now. <laughs> and as always with me is my brother Grant, also in our spacious Cincinnati studio. Hi. Are you ready to spit fire today, Grant? Are you going to let him have it? I might. I might. You might. I might. Okay. Well, I can tell everybody in the audience is you know already hoping that. But Sam, I want you to let us have it with some really fucking weird science news about <laughs> 3D printing skin. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, um, if I know it's a little off topic here, but if you've ever seen the Avengers movie, if you saw the new Avengers movie, little spoiler here, they do Age some... Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, yeah. They do a little... They do some, like, kind of 3D printing skin type thing. It, it's related. And it happens in, like, South Korea or something. But apparently that's not as out there as we uh, might think. L'Oreal is teaming up with a French bioprinting startup and they're developing 3D printing skin for product testing. Um, apparently, though, this has actually been happening for a little bit. Uh, they do, they call it derma farming. Which, derma farming? Yeah. It's a little odd. Um, but uh, apparently they started doing this to avoid animal testing, which... Cool. Um, they started back in the 1980s in Lyon, France. And uh, the facilities, there are three Olympic-sized swimming pools devoted just to growing and analyzing human skin tissues. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. They, they make roughly five square meters of skin per year or 54 square feet. Wow. Yeah. It doesn't really seem like a lot. I feel like they would want to test more skin than that, but... Well, don't they test them in? Uh, I think I read that they test them in very small, like uh, yeah, tiny, imagine. tiny cup sizes. Um, they just like put dabs of the cosmetics on them to to test, and they'll actually age the skin under UV rays to simulate <laughs> what it's like to have old skin or something like that. Oh, yeah, boy. yeah. So it's like ah, we're gonna make old people skin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, it makes sense. You just need a little bit to uh, test various products, like. You know, you get someone who's really UV damaged and then you try and use their like anti-wrinkle cream or something. Um, and I guess it's, you know, a good way to avoid having all these animals caged up and having like environmental people coming in trying to like free them on you and whatnot, which is, you know. Does it actually happen in real life? I've never actually seen a news story it, about it. It does happen. Yeah, it happens. Oh, really? It happens occasionally. Okay. Yeah, like those guys, the the same uh, people who repelled down the P&G building downtown like last oh, year or whatever. those assholes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, they're good friends of the people who are like taking the bolt cutters to the chimp cages and stuff. Gotcha. That's, that's what they do on the weekends. Oh. So this is just like for them to test cosmetics. I was thinking more like, ah, my leg is horribly burned. Yeah. I don't have a skin on my face anymore. Please help me. I was thinking that too. It could be useful for skin grafts or for like veterans coming back who've been like their face has been terribly damaged from like IEDs and whatnot. Right. Um, although it's it's still in 2011, a single sample costs like. Seventy dollars and sixty-two cents. Wow. Okay. So the cup size sample seventy bucks. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. So hopefully, <laughs> okay. 
Hope, that's not going on your insurance then. No. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, you know how these things go. It costs a lot in the beginning and then other people like figure out the process and make it cheaper and quicker and everything. So they're saying with 3D printing, they hope that it will make it, you know, a little more economical for everyone. So and also to prevent and stop animal testing too. So it's uh it's kind of crazy really using the 3D printers now are starting to get even I mean, you know, we're still not completely – they're not doing everything. They aren't replicators just yet, but every day we're getting a little closer and closer. Yeah, I think we've we've yet to even come to the cusp of this new industrial revolution that's yeah. going to yeah. be facilitated by additive manufacturing, which is like the technical term, if anybody doesn't know, for 3D printing. Uh, I'm just curious though, Sam, because you seem to have read a lot about this. So they were growing – the skin samples, or they are growing them, and they're trying to transition. But they are growing them in like just giant petri dish type things in pool si- Olympic swimming pool sized like labs. I guess, yeah. I mean, that's that's what um, the article that I read about on uh, that site, Jezebel, and then Gizmodo as well goes into a bit more detail on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they use them in the these cup sized things. I, I mean, I'm imagining not that I know that's completely true. Like, it almost seems like you could just you have a big like pool shaped thing, and you just imagine like a whole bunch of skin stretched out over it. Well, just imagine if that's your pool cover or something. You accidentally <laughs> you accidentally fall on it or something. You just like you suffocate in a bunch of skin or something. Oh. <laughs> so like lethal weapon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're pulling the skin away. The the guy's dead. <laughs> you know, one 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 other alternate uh, use that could you could have for it, if uh, anyone's ever seen that movie, um, the what, it was the first one with Hannibal Lecter, where's the guy where the guy goes, you know, it puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Oh yeah, yeah silence. Silence. silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah, he wanted a skin suit, so this could be a new way st- way to stop serial killers from killing people. They could just buy skin suits. It sounds like a very small market, though. Yeah, I had a smaller market for it. I was thinking this this would have been great for Michael Jackson. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Since, didn't he have that skin disease right. or whatever? That, yeah. So he yeah. wouldn't have had to start taking like the treatments and went insane and become the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what happened, right? But I think this is really a cool idea, actually. I mean, not just because it stops the necessity of testing cosmetics and animals. Cause if I'm not mistaken, mistaken, they, they grow corneal tissue in addition to skin tissue. Right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So they, they can test out like how shampoo affects people's eyes and eyelids and things like that by uh, using the corneal tissue. This, I mean, it's a cool idea because for L'Oreal at least, you know, maybe they're testing cosmetics today, but tomorrow, like, you know, producing artificial skin or customized skin can be like a new business for them. That'd be really neat. Yeah. And that's a pretty big company, too, to be backing it. Yeah. Just like uh, we talked about the other time about force field, the force field patent with Boeing. We need, just need these big companies to, who have the ability to really invest in this R&D and these processes, and they'll actually pot, probably get off the ground, hopefully. I don't know. I just... It, it it amazes me because I, I thought this would be something I would have read about, and apparently it's been going on since the mid-late 90s, and I just never knew that they were doing this yeah. already. And, and, I mean, it's amazing technology that they can do this in this day and age. And I wish more people would pay attention to that because then they realize that, you know, we can still do really cool stuff. You know, it's... Yeah. Mm. Well, I actually read something else um, kind of related to this a while back around uh, actually having meat that you could sell in a grocery store 
to people and like you could eat the meat and like showed like scientists actually cooking and it's like oh it's fine to eat oh is it the 3d printed meat yeah yeah okay yeah Yeah. and like i don't know i don't think i could eat you know somebody tasted it like i saw it on the today show or something where like they actually they tasted a normal steak and then they tasted a a steak that had been 3d printed like a filet mignon or something and yeah and they said that uh the 3d printed one tasted really strange (laughs) well (laughs) i guess though if you're trying to solve like world hunger or something you yeah, know, I mean, it's I mean, I'm sure the three printed one was still like you know two hundred fifty dollars just for a little yeah. thing compared mm. to a fillet. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's just it's just cool because I know as that three D printing gets better and better, the cost, the manufacturing is going to keep going down, and then one day in the near future they'll be able to three D print uh, metal and alloys too, hopefully, and then we can actually really jumpstart this manufacturing revolution, which would be really awesome because then you won't have to make everything in you know, modularly, right? You can just make a full-blown airplane come out of that hangar in Boeing because it's a giant 3D printer or something, maybe, one day. Probably still for, you need to, like, build the individual parts and then assemble it that right, way. Right, right. There'll still be people screwing in some things. And, yeah. Yeah, or machines. I don't, you know, you never know. There'll be machines <laughs> that build themselves. Machines. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, the machines are taking over, though, I guess, which kind of takes us to our our next topic here of sorts, mm. bionic legs are here. Yeah, actually controlled by your nerve impulses and uh, brain signals, right, finally. Now, you might be saying like, oh, there's been a bionic leg forever. I saw one that had like a knee that could bend or something. This is actually hooking up the bionic foot to the remaining part of your leg and reading the nerve impulses and saying like, oh, that's like you mean to rotate your foot, you know, inward by 30 degrees because you're going upstairs and bouncing your weight or something like it actually knows what you're trying to do and it's articulated to do that i think it's so cool because it can register sensation yeah like you Mm -hmm. can register a feeling of of pain or something right or and and that can be you know so a veteran who loses his leg could could actually feel himself walking again i mean that's really neat yeah I, i just i wonder how this will change, I guess, the future for also um, people who are just, like, born without limbs and everything. Oh, so you get a situation like Oscar Pistorius, right? right? Who's He had that malformation in his... Uh, so he didn't really have feet, and they had to amputate his lower legs, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think he had, like, a real lower leg. Like, it was just all so, fucked up and no foot. Right. And so they kind of did an amputation and gave him those blade yeah. running things, which, you know... I'm sure you give him normal feet to start, and then he right. got the blades later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> no, he's run. He runs all the time. Even in, he runs in his house like that. <laughs> he ran fast enough to beat a murder charge. So it's, yeah, right? it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking though. Actually, that was something I was thinking about though about these these bionic limbs, how they affect uh, sports and things like yeah. that. You know, you give people. On the one hand, you know, like somebody like Oscar Pistorius doesn't expend as much energy as somebody who has real flesh and blood legs when he's running. So it gives him an advantage, many people argue. So if you give people, you know, an incentive, right, that they can have a bionic limb that's just as good as their normal limb, you know, would you see people actually like voluntarily amputating their limbs and replacing them with, you know, to do, it's the next. Dude. Series of body modification, right? It's like Deuce ex, ex Mahina type stuff right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that would certainly be interesting. If you could, like, 
make it so that you could jump up like a you know half a skyscraper or something if you get bionic legs or what? True professional leaving his phone on. So <laughs> true professional. <laughs> Sorry, that was a uh, standing alert. I should be. If I'm usually at work today, but um, yeah, I don't know. We we could kind of start to see uh, cyborgs. Yep. That would become kind of a real thing in now in the future, or not the future, the 21st century. Like, I wonder how far we would let people go with that if there would be a whole ethical issue if we're going to just let people go ahead and do it willy-nilly if they can or if we're going to start limiting it somehow. I mean, I'm pretty sure you have a, an absolute right to what's in your body. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I mean, only when something's excised that it becomes an issue. So you... What, what, what if we start having like... Uh, I'm gonna throw do a throwback here to that movie Bicentennial Man. Okay. I mean, I know it's a little different because it's a robot becoming a human, quote unquote. Yeah. But we start having like real artificial organs and everything like that. We greatly extend the human lifespan. Good. I mean, yeah, it is good, but of course, all these problems that come with it as well, like you know, overloading the infrastructure of various like right. healthcare systems and everything. Resource consumption. Yeah. 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 I think, though, that the argument for increasing longevity is that you would give people the chance to maybe not be wage slaves for their lives and Hmm. accomplish something forward thinking. Because I could see somebody like Elon Musk, if you could make him 300 years old, he would probably get a lot more done because it's the same person with the same drive. Hmm. But but how do we assign who gets to extend their lifespan then? Is it just people like Elon Musk who are, you know, deemed to be successful and you know, uh, visionaries, or is it just like the normal person too? I think really that's going to come down to the people who can afford to have it done. I'm going to assume a, a greater percentage per capita, I'm sorry I'm using math here to prove my point, would be people who are Elon Musk forward thinkers, whether or not they're entrepreneurs. I think that you find a lot of, you know, old money people have a very forward ethos because it's not the, they're out of the generational struggle. And that's why you find all these people donating to charity and everything. I mean, oh, people, I thought that was for the tax benefits. The tax benefits <laughs> don't really eclipse all of that, unfortunately. Yeah, people kind of already get away with that by even being on like multiple organ don- or organ receiver lists in different yeah. states because yeah. they have the you know the finances to be able to travel you know and, you know twenty four hour notice to or foreign countries. Foreign countries too. Yeah. Yeah, I read a really fucked up New York Times article a couple of years ago about that a service in I think China that lets you. Um, get like a text message when the, the donor has been found, AKA they stab somebody in an alley for you real quick <laughs> and you stay at the hotel attached to the hospital. You go over, they do what they need to do. And then psh, you're back done. Then they leave the poor guy in a seedy motel bathtub full of ice. Oh, no, so yeah. This is like stories about at people just being executed by the, the government, like just shot in the back of the head. And then as they're being driven to the crematory, or the funeral home or whatever, they're having their organs pulled out. Just because they're fresh, like it's yeah, it was very interesting. So, <laughs> I wonder if an artificial supply is going to be like that, where if it's still really expensive, but not you know, billions of dollars or millions of dollars. I don't know what it, would that just, be like a valuable thing to steal, like a fancy car or something. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, people already do so many body modifications today, whether it's just something like a tattoo or right. like people who get those really fucking weird like modifications to their earlobes or something. Oh, like gauging them like yeah. horribly? Or... Stuff that just looks completely fucked up to like the normal person, but for some reason, you know, that is them. Uh, I'm just like, what would you guys do? What, what modif- would technology, what technology would you add to your bodies if, if you 
could or had to, because I know what I would do. I would put the interface into my brain so that I could download mm. information just like in the Matrix. That be the best way to learn. Yeah, I was thinking more um, kind of close future rather than like to that point. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. It's like if I could ethically cut off my legs and like put blades on them, I'm, I think that'd be kind of cool, honestly, because could like Run adjust your height, fast. like bounce on the little blade yeah. things. But I mean, I'd probably miss my leg because. I'd be sort of bound to them at that point, and if you know something happened, I'd be like, "Well, it's not going to fix itself," and I have to hobble my way to get another <laughs> yeah. pair. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If it was something that would enhance what was already there, yeah, I would be more into that than saying like, "I'm going to cut my leg off so that I can," you know. Well, that is kind of enhancing, depending on like the the leg you get. I think. But I think it's going to be a while. Uh, get, like, a really if I could, you know, the big thing is, you know, we're yeah. talking about enhance, but that's. If I cut off my legs, like, you know, I, I think just mentioned it, I can't, it won't just heal itself. Unless I have, like, the self, unless there's, like, little nanobots or something in there, like, self-repairing it, almost like Terminator style that we've seen. I'm almost a little hesitant to do something like that. Unless, of course, I have, like, I'm in a terrible accident or something, and then... <laughs> It sounds like you've I, already uh, been upgraded, I, man. If I'm in a terrible accident, then sure. Then, then like, and I have to have my limbs amputated. I'd rather have something in there than nothing at all. Why? You sound so fucked up right now. You have really? no idea. <laughs> oh, I was wondering. I was like, I don't think what Did I'm you even hear us, Sam. You sound so fucked up right now. You just sound so fucked up. You sound like you're talking through uh, a fan right now. You sound like oh. you're doing the Darth Vader thing in a fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, you actually literally sound really fucked up. Not that your your ideas are fucked up. Yeah, you sound like you sound like a computer. Yeah, right you sound now. like a computer. Let's try recalling here in the middle of the show like assholes. Ready? <laughs> Yeah, you sound like the old right, uh, still computer uh, speech detective. <laughs> really? The OS nine thing that we were really pumped to get because you could do. I the, understand uh, what's going on. Form of thing into it. Oh yeah, the speech recognition yeah, for the passwords. <laughs> it was yeah. so stupid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're still a computer. Dude. Yeah, I was gonna say that would just take like a long time. I think Wolverine's uh, magic helps him heal faster. So you you'd have like a big appetite while the nanites are healing your your limb or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, you just I eat agree. like Michael Phelps. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool or just like have the cut or whatever heal up instantly, or you mm. know, at Wolverine speed, I guess. Although that probably would give a huge advantage to bank robbers. <laughs> yeah, just you know, you'd have to hit them face. with like mini EMPs or something. <laughs> yeah, it would be like uh, Call of Duty. You got to wipe the jam off your face and then you're good to go. Well, they have, don't they already have, like, pasteable skin uh, substitute for, like, it's kind of um, the next step up from a Band-Aid almost. Oh, the transparent stuff? Well, not not that stuff. I mean, they can they, actually. They have stuff to, like, promote skin growth in a certain yeah, area. right. It doesn't like, actually, like, spray on skin like it is in Ultron, but. Yeah, like, if you if you get burned or something, they can, like, rub all that on there, and it will, like, accelerate your skin growth and, like, the cell division and stuff. It's, like, some ultra-nutrient uh, something that they can wipe on there. I don't know what they make it from, but I, I know I've read that. That's pretty cool, too. But if you could have it so that would happen instantaneously, that would be, yeah, that would be nice. But it's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Probably not. No. But I think that that's a, a pretty cool thing. Pretty big step on the way. Yeah, step, leg. Well, and, and speaking of sh- stuff that heals itself, you've got yeah. this idea about concrete that uh, heals itself through bacteria. That I didn't read about this, but I, I understand that that is pretty neat. Yeah, it's um, like a dried bacteria that people can spray or paint onto concrete. And then, or no, sorry, it's mixed into the concrete when it's being made. So then if the concrete's broken or damaged or starts to wedge a little bit because of rain or whatever, uh, the water gets on these bacteria and they can eat whatever's in the concrete for forever and ever and they just like secrete some sort of bonding agent. <clears throat> oh, limestone, sorry, yeah. So they're filling it in with limestone, which stands up pretty well. Yeah, it's these bacteria produce that as, you know, just naturally from consuming. I think they said they consume, they put nutrients into the the concrete mix and the mm-hmm. bacteria. So when something does get, you know, right. cracked, they it takes up. the nu- the bacteria takes the nutrients and, you know, secretes limestone uh, that fills in the cracks. I think it also, they, they woke up when the water came in because that would probably indicate that there was going to be, you know, because then winter comes along and it freezes and everything and all those fun cracks happen that we all have to deal with the following season. Yeah, just from like, uh, you know, expanding and contracting on yeah. during the cold and hot and... um yeah, just water rusting like steel beams that are reinforced concrete. So, mm-hmm. so essentially, uh, but, you're making flexible housing. Uh, yeah, because it can. You, building maintenance would be a thing of the past because the building could technically, uh, with that expansion and oh, contraction, you mean flexible like not completely rigid, not flexible right, like it's right. going to wobble around. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Gotcha. When you say flexible, something comes to mind like a rubber house versus yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, an earthquake's still gonna like knock down a house and it's not gonna rebuild itself it's like right. if it shifts a bit and it's like it gets cracked oh no i meant during the seasons and yes. stuff like that and just water erosion and things like the house is flexible and that can it, it can work with those constraints now like it can actually fill in those gaps on its own yeah right yeah and clark you were right actually because besides they are making the one that um like the concrete that hasn't mixed in but they also actually also have a spray slash oh. uh, thick paint thing that they can put on already made concrete to kind of have some of the effects of it as well. Nice. You checked yeah. the email. Good job. Oh, I, yeah, I read that. I remember you, you said something about that, and I read it. I was reading it as well. It's definitely really, really interesting. Although, you know, the one downside I saw to it, um, I imagine, you know, this is just kind of an inevitable result with the advance of technology. I imagine that's going to get rid of a lot of, like, construction jobs. Yeah. Just think of think about all the people who like I mean, there's that's something that happens every freaking year. Like, of course if the winter isn't as bad, it's not as big of a deal, but it's usually kind of a constant. I mean, it's gonna save a whole lot of money to like city governments and every municipal body that has to deal with that type of thing. But you know, you're also gonna lose I guess there are gonna be a whole bunch of these construction guys that aren't gonna be needed, so they aren't gonna be hired, and that's a whole bunch of more jobs out the door. Yep. Well. So Plus Maybe they can go see a movie. <laughs> Transparent yeah. segue to film discussion. It's very true. Very true. So I think the first thing that we got to cover is um, some great news from the legendary comedian Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. He's, uh, he's legendary. And for some reason, his new movie just has some out-of-place stuff in there, such as... Mm. I guess they're trying to make it epic or whatever. 
and mm-hmm. that has made it so it's um it's about like Kevin James is the president, so we know it's already a sci-fi movie, but it's about like this premise that aliens got copies of shitty 80s video games and are now coming to Earth and invading us in that fashion, so like Space Invaders or Pac-Man or I can't remember. Uh, Donkey Kong. Yeah, Donkey Kong and Adam Sandler is the Kevin James president's best friend from childhood. I guess they spent a lot of time in the arcade. So he knows Adam Sandler's like really good at asteroids. <laughs> and Peter Dinklage is also apparently really good at video games, so they they round up like all the best people who play the the eighties video games and they uh they shoot Pac Man with like really shitty CGI for two hours. Because <laughs> they gotta save the earth from the, they gotta save the earth, yeah. The video game weapons that the aliens have sent against us. <laughs> yeah. And there's humans and there's centipede. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. And and I guess a Smurf for whatever reason. Yeah, I couldn't figure that one out. I mean, they made shitty like TV to video game things all the time in the eighties. I don't. There was like some crappy Smurf arcade game. Uh, there's probably like a Smurf Atari game or something. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Might have been an arcade game for real though, because The Simpsons got an arcade game in the eighties. This is true for some reason. Oh yeah. I played that years and years ago. Do you play the one where you um can actually like combine the two characters, like have like you know. Lisa, like, sitting on uh, Marge's shoulders or something, and they get, like, a special yep. attack. Yeah, that's the one to play. There's another yeah. one out there that's not as good, but... Yeah, but I was thinking about the... Was it the... It's like Bart has to find all of the purple hats or whatever? <laughs> Is this, like, a Genesis-type game? No, it's just, I think it was an arcade game. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that one. Oh. Yep. The yeah, only other Simpsons game now. that I really know is, like, their version of Crazy Taxi that came out on consoles. I don't ride. Crazy Taxi? Was there one with Simpsons? I missed that. Oh, there was like a GTA type game for Simpsons, like uh, Simpsons Hidden Run or something like that. Yeah, that was it. It No, it was actually like a legit, like. (laughs) Wonderful title. (laughs) (laughs) One more time. Simpsons Hidden Run? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It it was entertaining to go basically explore around like Springfield. Hit with. people and then drive away without uh, waiting for the police or showing your insurance, right? <laughs> uh, you, you were, you were, tra- you were. T- it was like basically the same concept as Crazy Taxi because you still have to like ferry people to various places. <laughs> so I make sure you don't die on the way there. <laughs> it's Bart versus the Space Mutants. Is that an arcade game? <laughs> um, it was released for a variety of systems. Looks like in 1991, so I was a couple years off from the. Do 80s, you think but... that's going to show up in Pixels? Uh, they probably can get the right to The Simpsons unless it's a Fox thing. Well, they seem mm. to have gotten the rights to Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, um, well, Space Invaders, Asteroids. Mm-hmm. Atari's probably just giving, just wants the money. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah pay us so we don't. Pong, maybe. Uh, oh, maybe they'll have maybe they'll have uh, the ET video game. Maybe they'll have to take uh-huh. on the. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. They got they got a copy of it. About that. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, me too. The one where they go to dig it up? Yep. Yeah. I think I read about when that was actually happening. I didn't follow up to see the documentary. Yeah, turns out the story was really true. Well, I mean, (laughs) it happened like only like 30-something years ago, right? When did the game come out? 
No, it was in the 80s, but it was it's just like one, 1982. It was, was one of those yeah. things like, yeah, Atari folded and it was just like, we dumped all our games in the desert and everyone was like, no, you didn't. Well, it's well, why, why would you say no, you didn't? Like, huh? I mean, it's reputed to be the worst game ever made. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, it has earned that distinction. Yeah, there's just like no <laughs> gameplay to it. It's yeah. just bad. <laughs> it's impossible to beat for a lot. And a lot of things fucked up a whole bunch in it, apparently. But yeah, I don't see why Atari would even lie about that. Like, I don't see why it ever became a myth type no, thing. I think like that was their honest attempt to tell the truth. But if you watch the documentary, like the guy who owns the town dump is like going through the records, like, oh, I think it could be here. You know, I, I think I made this note thirty years ago on what they were talking <laughs> there. Like, so. But we could also hit chemicals or something, right? It's like, oh, but it could be full <laughs> of you know chemical waste from an old chemical company that used to be here. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very good records kept, clearly. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't know if it was that hard for Atari to be like, no, we really did it, and everyone's like, no. <laughs> Plus the town dump, dump guy's like, I don't know. Who the, like, I don't, I don't know any town dump guys, but I can't imagine they keep track of all the trucks that come and go. Like, I, I guess not. Apparently this guy tried, though. Yeah. Like, he had a legit garbage map per year, per day. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Dedicated. <laughs> Same book from 82 still. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, I guess, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> Make a garbage blueprint. Well, I don't know. Pixels, yeah. When you sent me that trailer, <laughs> I, think was, I didn't think it was a real movie at first. I thought it was a joke. Surprise. It's a no, joke. it's real. <laughs> <Yeah>. Fuck. It's <laughs> uh, really brutal. It looks like a typical out. Adam Sandler movie with, uh, you know, co-opting some really 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 cheesy sci-fi stuff and does anyone even care about like movies coming out by adam sandler anymore like, just, like yeah. I, I don't know i don't think so maybe like do people actually look forward to this like at i think all? they look forward to watching them on network tv when they're on there a few years later or like renting them like through Redbox or something but no not going to see them in the theaters not not a chance somebody has to look forward <laughs> to this though uh they must be making money because I, you know, hopefully Peter Dinklage is good. He's usually entertaining. But that's like the only thing I can think of a reason to see it, honestly. I mean, I don't think a single actor is going to make a fucking Adam Sandler movie decent. So, <laughs> Single actors can carry a movie, though, but it is an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Well, I got to give a shout out to Kevin James, too, because now he's in Pixels. And he was also in one of the decades, you know... One of the best sci-fi movies of the decade, uh, Hitch, right? <laughs> because that the premise of that movie was completely un- unbelievable. I know it was with Will Smith. I, the premise is that he's Will Smith? No, the, the premise is that uh, Kevin James is trying to get hooked up with some like hot heiress and Will Smith uh, is, is somehow going to work his magic and hook him up with her does he fall in love with her instead no but it, everything works out in the end that's why i said it was sci-fi <laughs> so what does kevin james bring to the table in that equation uh that's probably why it's sci-fi i think oh okay yeah. i thought he was also like maybe a rich guy or something no. all right but Good pixels job. is not gonna i don't know i'm definitely not gonna go see that i no no that's really not my list yeah I'm not super excited. Let's talk about uh, crazy French guy Luc Besson's new project. Oh, yeah, Valerian. Yeah. I didn't even know this was happening, but I am actually pretty interested in this now because 
uh, if for those people who don't know, Valerian is a it's a French science fiction comic series that began in like the '60s, and it's been incredibly influential. I mean, uh, like there's elements that Star Wars definitely ripped off from Valerian, and uh, you know, like the Luke Leia dynamic, uh, they pretty much mirror the two main characters in the Valerian comics and a lot of other stuff. But I'm excited about this one, especially as Luke, Luke Besson does great work most of the time. Most of the time. We, we shall not mention Lucy. Mm. Yeah, the movie where the woman turns into a flash drive at the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Missed that one, but yeah, no, it's anything. like Scarlett Johansson somehow can like use all of her brain, you know, as if we don't use all of our brains already. And uh, she, the movie ends where she like flies on a office chair into space and then turns into a flash drive and or something like that. A, a literal flash drive or like, like two thousand one type space, ba- like know. a little flash drive. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's got the secrets of the universe. <laughs> what is that for us to find later? I don't know. It's just a really not good movie. Okay, I turned it off before I got to that part. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Okay, well, I'm sure <laughs> you don't regret that. <laughs> but I mean, he did make Fifth Element, so yeah, I give him some credit. Should I give him a shot? Yeah, I mean, he's he's had a bad thing and a good thing, so his average is, you know, he's got to prove himself still. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, uh-huh. Let's talk about somebody who has proven themselves. Simon Pegg. Yeah. We're all a bunch of immature man-child assholes who have been manipulated by the industry's attempts to make us retards. I think that was what he was saying. We're enamored by the spectacle. Yeah, (laughs) we just care about things smashing into each other on the screen because that makes us happy. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh... I think it's funny how he backtracked... So quickly. Yeah, I mean, he backtracks and because that's kind of his bread and butter. That's like his thing. And oh, by the way, Simon Pegg, last I checked, you know, you didn't return those big fat checks from J.J. Abrams in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> you still got the money. And you took it for writing three and starring in three, I'm sure. So if you're going to bitch about turning sci-fi into the spectacle and how that dumbs us down... Maybe you shouldn't have been in like two of the biggest spectacle films the last ten years. Did you think about that? <laughs> yeah, he was a, he was a part of the problem. Yeah, I, yeah, he became part of the problem. Yeah, Do but you, I mean, even if he didn't star in those Star Trek movies, like it, they would have made anyway. Like it's not like. Him not saying, "Oh, I'm not going to do it," is going to stop the spectacle. At all. It's just like yeah, but the industry at this point is like you complain about it, but then you're also a big driver behind it, like cashing their checks. Yeah, like. If he really hated the fact that it was becoming a spectacle, you should have said, thanks, J.J., I just think the script is too retarded. <laughs> it's too full of lens flares. I can't do it. Yeah, well, I, I don't think yeah. they wrote in the lens flares into the script. But... I'm sure J.J. Abrams does, though. Oh, yeah. Like in bracket stage direction, lens flare. Could be, yeah. I'm sure he does. Well, <laughs> I just disagree with his whole premise, though, because he's making it like this this dichotomy. Like you either have really serious art movies like The Godfather and stuff and Taxi Driver, or you have, like, crappy Transformers Michael Bay shit. Yeah. I'm saying, why can't we have both? I mean, people can watch The Godfather and go and watch, well, hopefully not Transformers, but a a less intelligent movie and still come out okay, right? (laughs) Well, yeah. Less intelligent than Transformers? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're right. It's not going to (laughs) happen. 
<laughs> no, there's there are a couple I think less confident movies than Transformers. <laughs> that sounds like a whole other podcast topic. It does. <laughs> so let's come back to that later. <laughs> uh, Good job, yeah, Sam. It, you generated a topic for us. <laughs> uh, there's going to be oh, actually on that um, actually I, I kind of read this off that. I believe it's Kirkman, the guy who made uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah. He's actually joining the uh, Transformers crew. So they're going to try and make Transformers better by adding a whole bunch of blood and guts to the robotics that are involved in Transformers. I'm not really sure how that's going to work. Uh, but uh, It sounds like he's directing one of the spinoff movies that they're making from Transformers, because now they're making this whole shared universe with Transformers. Or, or, or he's architecting that. Right. Yeah. Mm. yeah it doesn't... It's going to be... So Transformers are going to share a universe with the zombies? No, no, no. no Transformers no, no, no. is going to have, like, a bunch of companion films around it. They're trying to do what Marvel did, so they're saying, like, yeah. Transformers 3 is the Iron Man of... You know, uh, this new universe is going to set up all the other introductions for the other great Transformers characters we all know so much about. Is there really that much source material to draw Transformers on, like outside of what they've already shown? <laughs> there is. Oh, actually. there is? Yep. Oh, okay. There is, but it's just like... It's been done so badly already. Yeah, why are you doing that when I can only name one person from the movie, and that's because he ruined Indiana Jones 4. Like, Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> there was a lot wrong with that, but not... So they can sell more merchandise is what it is. Yeah, exactly. More Transformers toys, because now it's Optimus Prime from, like, alternate 1986 Transformers. Right. Uh, Which wouldn't be bad. I would might maybe watch that. Or they could do the whole Beast Wars thing. Right. I'm sure they will. Yeah, I hope they don't, because Beast Wars yeah. is already perfect. It they, was. <laughs> they they don't a, need to touch that at all. I hope they don't. A really good CGI version, and just, yeah. like, have the CGI animals running around. <laughs> Beast Wars is perfect. It was. I just they can just forget that beast machines ever existed. Ah, that's what I try to do every <laughs> day. <laughs> beast beast machines should have been Beast Wars season four. Yeah. Yeah, but they got. I don't know what the hell happened. I still can't figure it out to this day. Why did that happen? It's just the stupidest. Hey, let's let, let's make one of the better characters of the show a bad guy. Let's let's fuck everything up. Oh, this guy in charge and everyone's just going to be like a drone off of this main dude boom story true professional with his phone on everybody <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> it's, going to, it's on silent what can I do do not disturb put it in the bathtub <laughs> hey electronics like water I heard that somewhere oh totally uh, I just got to say too to Simon Pegg I hope he takes his own advice about avoiding the spectacle or, you know, making sure that spectacle doesn't, you know, take over the entire movie. Uh, I hope he follows that when he's writing uh, Star Trek 3, that's the working title for the the next Star Trek film. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I hope he follows his own advice, but somehow I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I think nope. that... It's going to be another stupid, you know, schlock fest with lots of lens flare and crap like that. So well, that, that's what part gets me mad is that it's kind of hypocritical of him to say this shit. That's all. Well, I mean, the studio that's backing him, too, like, they're going to say, oh, like, you know, the first two movies did really well. So just make a third one similar to that. And if they try and write in, you know, drama and whatnot. It's a deeper meaning to the film. People are just going to be like, huh, what? Oh, I'll skip it, I guess. Like, 
they, they make their big bucks from the fucking action I, stuff, it, so it's a bigger risk. Off. Huh? They've created the monster. Yes. Like Dr. Frankenstein, and now it's out of their control. It, it, that's exactly it, yeah. yeah. I think that's a good analogy. Well, and, and the, the funny thing is that it's like, I don't even think he, he realizes this about the stuff he's doing, because he even, like, nods in his little uh, diatribe that he has on his own website about, like, oh, yeah, Star Trek fans, you know, wink, wink, you know, that thing you cared about gets turned into something really consumerist because uh, people want to make a lot of money and monetize, right? Mm. Okay, well, that's what you're doing with the Star Trek three script, isn't yes. it? Aren't we going to see that happen? <laughs> you know? And it's it's not like... Other Star Trek films haven't proven that they can be financial successes. I mean, adjusted for inflation, remember Star Trek Four, still still the best performing one. What do you got to say to that? Anyway, let's see here. Simon Pegg's a pussy. Uh, where were we? No, you didn't say that. You said he was a cuck. <laughs> Explain that. What's why is he a cuck? <laughs> I think he has like the the same level of you know cuckold reasoning that it's okay for someone else to fuck my wife while I jack off oh. because I'm getting something out of it. So you know, JJ Abrams is fucking him, but he's also jacking him off with the check. So. <laughs> he's gonna sue us after he hears this. Come at me, bro. <laughs> I agree with you though. I, I agree. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm 13 now. <laughs> I agree with you though. Like he yeah. is, he is kind of like taking it. Uh, he is kind of like taking it in one hand and then like saying like, ah, yeah, I'm okay with you fucking, you know, this franchise, something that I supposedly loved growing up with, with the other, right? Right. That influenced me so much, and I really want to see it return to like the higher, lofty ideals. But you know, pew 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 pew. pew, pew, pew Space gun. Pay me that six million bucks up front and maybe yeah. a little taste on the back end of the movie and, you know, I'll forget how much I love Star Trek, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Money makes everything go away, right? Yeah. So, Simon Pegg, you got a lot of explaining to do. And if you fuck up Star Trek 3, I'm afraid that uh, all of your, your credit is gone. So. Yeah. Now you know, since I'm sure you listen to the podcast. <laughs> Huh? He's he's on notice. Right, he's on notice. We he's let him know. Yeah. <laughs> let him know, Sam. Um, next to go, we got uh, well, I, it's it's uh, some more sci-fi, but uh, I guess maybe this wouldn't, maybe Simon Pegg would be okay with this one. Uh, we got res. There's this show Residue. It's on. It came on Netflix like maybe a week ago. I want to say now, maybe a bit longer ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's actually so. There's three episodes to it. I guess this was actually a pilot, though. Yeah, what it was supposed to be. It's kind of a mini. They, they, it uh, seems like they're portraying it as a mini series, but it was a pilot. So like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, exactly. And so now I'm wondering if maybe they'll make a full season order from it. If it does well enough on Netflix, maybe it'll be another Netflix original, which would be cool. Be some more sci-fi and another medium, which I wouldn't mind at all. And it's <laughs> it's got a just just way of background. It's actually got two actors from um, Game of Thrones on it right now. 
which is which were the yeah. main two of the main characters, which is pretty interesting. When I saw that trailer, I got a little freaked out. I'm like, why is Ramsey here? This is really yeah. Weird. <laughs> it's got it's got one of the guys who's basically a big uh, torturer on Game of Thrones, and yeah. he's and he's with I guess it's his girlfriend is with um this what wildling called Asha from the show. Um, but anyway, in, in the actual show that we're talking about, Residue, uh, basically there's like some kind of event that happens in, I don't think it's London. I think it's some other English town. I'm not positive. Um, but basically they have to corner off the, on New Year's there's this explosion and they have to like completely seal off this huge block in this town. Hmm. And, uh, there are people, and, and basically the woman, the main character, is uh, she is a photographer, but shit starts happening to various people who live in and around this area where the event happens. And you kind of see it, it's kind of, this kind of happens, like it's kind of a tr- normal thing that happens in shows like this. Like, so you'll get the point of view or third person view of someone who's like standing or lying somewhere in their house or apartment, and they see this like, black kind of hole or something like it's almost like it's kind of an ovally shape it looks like a female part of what's the diameter what's the diameter (laughs) um it's not too huge it's pretty small um but basically this like black thing comes out of it and it seems to possess them (laughs) yeah yeah i know the uh the the metaphor is a little interesting, but anyway, yeah. it kind of possesses them, and it causes the people that possess them, like, basically, they do things that, like, they self-mutilate themselves, which ends up in them dying pretty quickly. Like, one woman, like, it possesses her, and she, like, claws her eyes out, but there's, like, black blood almost all over and everything, and the woman who you kind of follow, she's taking pictures of this, and she's, like, trying to say, like, you know, what's going on and everything, her boyfriend is, like, kind of the PR guy for the government, I guess, who's, like, trying to tell everyone, oh, nothing's happening, everything's under control, there was an incident, and they're not really giving any details, and he's like, you guys need to tell me what's going on here, like, to some extent, because people aren't, like, going to put up with me just saying, oh, don't worry, everything's under control for so long. And then the only other, like, main character that we really have um, is a cop, kind of like a detective who's kind of going after like local drug people and everything and he's uh kind of hinting around at it and eventually what happens is uh the boyfriend kind of disappears he spoiler he kind of like goes into the city and he starts looking around and so the girlfriend goes to the cop for or the detective for help and so that's how he kind of starts sniffing around on all this stuff but i i've actually yet to finish it so but it, it's it's definitely worth a watch it's a Interesting little thing. I mean, I guess the thought is that it's probably aliens crashed or something, and so they're affecting all the area. There are all these bodies that you constantly see being taken out of the incident area. But, um, oh, it's interesting. It's certainly a nice little piece of sci-fi that uh, I'd be happy to see Netflix give a full season order to. Oh, Sam, did you just get an achievement there? No. Oh, okay. You got another achievement for explaining the entire plot of the series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta stop doing that, man. Now I don't need to watch it. Oh, there you go. That's well, I mean, it's only series. like a pilot, pretty much. It's like what, a three-hour, pretty much pilot, three episodes. 
Yeah. I so, know, like, but... it's going to introduce you to all, like, the re- the conflicts and whatnot going on, and, and then... you got to go back and listen to the, the Gattaca discussion. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> you don't even need to saying. watch the movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just gave it to you for free. You guys don't even need to right, spend exactly. those three hours. <laughs> Although, that I'm, kind of pirating. The last, I'm halfway through the last episode, so I don't know how it ends yet. So you can just start right there, and you'll be set. All right, yeah, so Sam, just uh, just halfway through the last episode, that's where you can pick up. <laughs> um, there, there's some other details and whatnot that I left out that aren't particularly pertinent, but could be could be addition, uh, useful in your enjoyment of the uh, the miniseries, I guess, or the pilot. Sam, talk about Dark Matter. <laughs> uh, Dark Matter... Uh, you know, it's a sci- show coming up on Sci-Fi. Who's deciding to actually do science fiction again? Yeah, for, Siffy. For what? Yeah, Siffy. <laughs> God, it's uh, for whatever reason they're trying to re- return to their roots now that they realize it's actually uh, it's actually maybe profitable to have some of these properties. But uh, recently, there came a whole out a whole bunch of um, concept art for the various ships that we're going to see came out. Uh, I found them on io9. It's it looks pretty interesting. Um, it almost looks a bit. It reminds me of Firefly a little bit in terms of some of these big ships that we're seeing. They look very much like the whole center planet ships, like massive, almost cities looking like floating in space for some of the plant ships. Yeah, I saw their concept art. I think it's actually really, really cool. So I'm looking forward to that. Actually, I think that will be. I don't know. What do you guys think? I thought it looked really neat, actually. And I do, I get the comparison to Firefly uh, completely yeah. after seeing that stuff. And I think that's always a good comparison to have, mm. you know, even though Firefly only lasted one season, right? But, yeah. uh, you know, that's a very creative show, very creative visuals, designs. And if you're following in those footsteps, I think you're good. I think sci fi's doing the right thing, finally, finally. <laughs> Hopefully they don't fuck it up, but yeah. Well, I mean, they've already had a few fuck ups, so but that's yeah. uh, I guess that's growing pains with moving back to hardcore sci-fi as their uh, you know main entree here. Are they not going mm. back to the old name? Are they keeping? No, they're sticking with Sippy, nah. unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> you know, like they had Helix, and Helix just got canceled because that was a good show in the first season. Yeah, the second season sucked balls. Yes, it did. That was a perfect way to say it, uh, because. I don't get what happened in that show. Like, it's like, oh, we got a, there's like a pathogen and now it's a fungus. And, you know, what? Like, what it the was, what? It was really good. First season, middle of Antarctica. Let's test like crazy biological stuff. Oh, and one of these things to make a cure actually makes people into like zombies. And then they added some crazy elements like, oh, there are these people who are actually immortal in the world and they have to do population control or something. And. Then, then the second series picks up with the CDC going to a remote island with a cult. And I guess, yeah, the disease is a fungus there, too, for whatever reason. It just got really convoluted. Yeah. And they kept going, like, backwards and forwards. It's like they start you off, like, 32 years in the future. And then you keep going back to see what happened 32 years in the past. And they killed characters that people the, – like, the few characters that people were connecting with, didn't they kill off some of them? Yeah. Yeah. A, a bunch of them. <laughs> Right, so always a good move, right? Yeah. Like killing the, the characters that sell your show. <laughs> it's it, like it if Breaking dumb. Bad killed Walter White or something, you know, before yeah. the show had ended. 
It was it was a dumb move. It's too bad too because that had potential to be really cool. Yeah, I was very disappointed that they gave up on that um, because I I think some of their other shows are really they're just kind of middling. Like I I just I've tried watching Defiance many times, and I I always I, tried. I never I, got to it. Yeah, though. I just can't get into it. Like the world building they do in that show, like it, it's an interesting idea, but I still it just doesn't get me over that hump of like, yes, I'm really interested in this and I want to watch it all the time. Uh, but they do have some really good shows, like their 12 Monkeys adaptation. I know I've talked about that a lot on previous podcasts, but uh, it is a really good show. It's not like the movie at all. Of course. Except for the time travel stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's very like the movie in that way. Just that minor plot point. Right. Just the, the whole thing that underpins the entire show, right? <laughs> Uh, well, um, hopefully sci-fi goes, uh, goes forward well. We, you, know? you know what we really need is just, any, they, it would shut me up completely about any complaints about sci-fi. We need another Stargate series. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we not, need not going to have any de- dissent here. Yeah, we need another Stargate series. Maybe start up Stargate Universe again if nobody on that show is doing anything else. Uh, get, I would like to see Robert, how that ends. Get Robert Carlyle off that show once upon a time. Oh, fuck. Please get him off there. He's yeah. such a talented guy. He could be doing Stargate. He's doing that stuff. I mean, <laughs> God. Whoops. Please. Yeah. I feel like everyone else is probably still open, though, from that show. Yeah. I mean, definitely the guy who played uh, Eli. I, I haven't yeah. seen him in anything, so I, I don't know. Sucks for him. I mean, I'm sure all the other actors will be free in, you know, six months or whatever the time they... What, to... what, wasn't Shooter McGavin in that show? Yeah, he was the senator. <laughs> he dies but, in the uh, first... He died yeah. in the Shooter! Blah, blah, blah. Yes, trying to, like, <laughs> use the shuttle to control the ship and save it or some yeah, shit. Yeah, he did not get to go to the Sizzler. Oh, oh you know what? You're going to have, you're gonna have to lose one character, though. I just realized. Uh, Ming-Na, who's done oh. a surprisingly big amount of sci-fi stuff. Yes. She's now a main character in Agents of Shield. Right, and I, I would I would not want to take her away from that because I love Agents of Shield. So yeah. you know, we, they can just write her character out like she died or something. I'm okay with that. But just bring back Star Universe. Well, yeah, it's just easier <laughs> to make a new series because you don't have to get the old actors back right, at right. this point. Yeah, or make a new series. I'm I'm fine with that. Justin's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe someone has to. Maybe they go to go rescue Destiny. Yeah, or maybe get a new crew that way. Yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with it, whatever. I just want something Stargate back, and I know they can do it because they've done it before, and it's been kind of, well, I mean, it's been really creative. I mean, Atlantis was cool the first couple, three seasons, and mm. uh, I thought Stargate Universe was cool, too. Yeah. Uh, they should get, I think they should get another Star Trek series, though. They should get that on sci-fi. That would be smart. In the perfect that, place. Yeah, it really would be. And, you know, with all the movie, I, I think, though, the problem with that is, because I've read forums and that I keep reading rumors that there might be one, but the big problem is, of course, that the movies are going on. Yeah, and so probably the whoever holds the rights to that doesn't want like movies and show coming out at the same time, which is Paramount. sad because yeah, parent because they you know Marvel has been doing it well with Agents of Shield, but I guess the question is like first off. You know, how do you deal with that? Secondly, are you going to have it in the original? Are we going to do the original universe before the movies and treat them separately? Or is it going to be in the movie, like, after the effects of the movie? Is Ace of S.H.I.E.L.D. ABC? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that explains that how that right. works. So it's yeah, it's <laughs> MCU the whole thing. Right. I mean, yeah. it's all under one company. I think Paramount, Star Trek, film and television. Well, the rights film the film the rights are with Paramount. The right. television is with CBS. Right. So they weren't always yeah. together. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. They split them up for when they did like a reorganization a few years ago. So that's going to be a tough nut to crack, especially if you do get like a good original, not JJ Star Trek series in there. Like, well, the only thing that's really been pitched for Star Trek that I've heard of, like that was getting some serious weight behind it for a while, was the Star Trek Academy, like doing the show about like Academy cadets and stuff. Nope. And it's like, no, <laughs> fuck no, I'm not, I'm not watching Beverly Hills 90210 and you know Starfleet Academy or whatever. That's not happening. Yeah. Oh God! Like, oh, I failed the Kobayashi Maru. I'm gonna have to take drugs because I'm so depressed. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna, you know, and like the, the the Andorian drug smuggling ring. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. cool kids who are the Vulcans. I'm sure that's how everything's. Oh yeah, out. yeah. Right. Or or you want to be part of Red Squad? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I was yeah. just trying to do a cool bird starburst. Uh, I think in the Deep Space Nine Red Squad, where it was like their, yeah. ex- their extracurricular assignment yeah, yeah. was to go fuck up the power grid. Right. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, but two, didn't they have uh, that that uh, group that Wesley was in at the academy that tried to do the, uh, the Starburst? Ma- yeah, yeah, Red, Red Flight. Flight. Right. They yeah. tried to do that maneuver, and the guy got killed. Uh, right. doing yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, can they, you they imagine how that would play him. out if it was some <laughs> stupid teen drama or something they tried to do? <laughs> Like, oh, so-and-so's pregnant. <laughs> I want to be a captain, though. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. Maybe, I know, maybe it's better we don't have that, then. But if you think about it, that's that's kind of how the J.J. movies are, are actually. Like, remember the, the, the first part, like, when they're getting on the Enterprise and stuff, or they're at the Academy? Like, it's, oh, my God, like, Kirk's hooking up with my roommate or whatever. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uhura's, like, all bitchy up to Spock about, no, I'm assigned to the Enterprise because that's where I want to be. Because I sucked your dick. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then uh, in the second movie, what's her name? Uh, Dr. Marcus, you know, she has no reason to be in the movie except to, like, take her clothes off in that one unnecessary scene. And Kirk's peeping at her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's a taste of what awaits you if you get behind Academy. God. So don't do that. Get behind Jonathan Frakes' series. Let it die, just like Michael Dorn's Wharf series that he wanted to do, which sounded really cool, but they're never going to let him do it. No. Yeah. I wouldn't watch a Wharf show, I'll be honest with you. That's not enough for me. I, I watch, watch a Riker show. Yeah, I would watch a Captain Riker show. <laughs> you know, yeah. where he's the captain, and right. now he doesn't just get to have fun on the ship. He actually has to be responsible. But what if his <laughs> new rule is that no one can have fun on the ship except him still? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's not doing anything these days anyway. I'm sure he could get into it. He's counting his money every day and laughing while lighting cigars with $1,000 bills. I, I think John, <laughs> Jonathan Thrakes is actually, he's a, um, a professor at, at, at like a conservatory in Acting? LA. No, uh, like a film professor. Like a what? I'm sorry, Sam's phone buzzed over when you were talking. Sorry. I think he's a professor of film at uh, some school now because, you know, oh, he's got a, cool. he's had like a lot of director gigs too. Yeah, he directed the Star Trek movies a yeah, lot. Yeah, two of them. And yeah. 
I think he's done a lot of episodes as well. Yeah, he did a lot of episodes, and actually, LeVar Burton did a lot of episodes. I think for Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. Did was LeVar Burton in Enterprise? No, no. Did the episodes as the director? Oh, okay. I was about to say, I don't remember that. Don't text and think; it's dangerous. <laughs> you can't keep your attention split. I'm trying to turn off the alarms because I felt bad when it went off last time. So, Clark, what's going on with Super Sci-Fi, Super High Sci-Fi's Let's Play series? Uh, what's going on with them is that they are almost complete, almost finished the game. Awesome! So people will be able to get on Super High Sci-Fi's channel on YouTube and see that pretty soon. Like, yes, I'm actually will. looking forward to that because uh, you're playing a very, very dear game to me, Master of Orion Two. It's a classic. It is a classic. Are you playing? Are you playing as the Nolams? No. <laughs> actually, the Nolams just. Uh, well, they're they're acting inappropriately. That's why I have, <laughs> yeah. I have deep concern, like the UN. I have, you're gonna have to be concerned about them. <laughs> So are you playing this on a normal difficulty, or are you doing the like advanced hard that you set up that one time? I'm doing the advanced hard, of course. Good job. Yeah, the <laughs> impossible, like, yeah. Of course, you know. It's a good setup. You have to remove all the negative traits from the AIs, and they already give themselves extra positive traits. It is a good setup. It's a pretty good setup. <laughs> Except you get down to the point if you're playing a multiplayer where there's just two people and, you know, 37... Uh, what are the the Death Star like things called? Doom stars. Doom stars. Yeah. yeah so creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just like take you know thirty six minutes to like go through your turn, individually, attack each person. <laughs> what? What? Remember how you could always like individually attack and you just give me shit saying like just press auto, Justin. This isn't helpful. Oh yeah, when you're fighting like a single star base with fifty doom stars, I think you can press auto. It's okay. No, I'll lose one. It's the RNG <laughs> is going to work against me. All right. <laughs> if you can pay for fifty doom stars, you can produce another one in ten turns. But we'll get, we'll you know. If, or you could buy the production. Right. Just check it out on YouTube. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, we haven't been able to successfully buy a lot of things yet because we've been uh, very under pressure since turn two. So. Well, it makes sense since you went in and rejiggered the AI, so it's super hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that really the only thing left for us to talk about is just for us to ask uh, Justin and Sam the same question we were trying to answer last week and also make an addendum to our list, which if you want to take care of that. Yeah, so last week we were talking about our favorite cult sci-fi movies, and uh, I realized that after we talked about that, we left out a few that we absolutely thought that people should know about, and we we talked about a couple of those, um, but we left out another one, and that is Pitch Black. Pitch Black is a great movie starring Vin Diesel as Richard B. Riddick. And I'm not going to give away the plot for people who haven't seen it, but it's like an amazing sci-fi kind of horror survival movie. And I always thought it was one of Vin Diesel's best movies. Like he actually plays like a really complex uh, character with a lot of shades of gray morality. And it's a very, very good movie. Good special effects. This is the year 2000 thing came out and they had really great special effects in it. It's got a good story. The cast 
I mean, there's some people that you will recognize in there. There are no like A-list stars except Vin Diesel, but I mean, it's got a really, really good cast, and the movie works very well. And I, I think people should watch it. This is something that was like really under the radar when it first came out, and of course, the sequels weren't that great. But this one, if you if you want to watch one movie in this Riddick trilogy they've got right now, you want to watch Pitch Black. It's just a great movie. I, it's a great movie to watch. Yeah, I love that movie. I I, I was sad the uh, sequels did not live up to the same standards. Yeah, I had high hopes for Chronicles of Riddick, and then it just it fell apart. Yeah, Isn't Claudia Black in that movie. Yeah, she's Bella. one of the first people to get killed. Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I guess it was before she got Farscape. Cred, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I think that was about the same time that Farscape was just starting. Or... Okay. Yeah, and, and Katie Katie Sackoff was in the uh, the most recent installment in it and sadly it still kind of fell short of quality oh you're right oh just riddick yeah 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 but uh the movie yeah the riddick movies are brutal after uh checking out pitch black but what you should check out it's uh the the chronicles of riddick video games yeah those are actually pretty good because they're awesome i only played them a little bit when i was younger I never tried it. It looked, but it was such a great movie. I I was tempted to Escape from Butcher Bay and uh, Dark Athena. Yeah, I played Butcher's Bay a bit at a friend's house. Yeah, I know which friend that was. Yeah, Yeah. someone not to be mentioned. Someone who should not be named. And another kind of horror sci-fi movie that people should watch. That's also kind of cultish. Is uh, Event Horizon. If people haven't seen that, that's a great cult movie. It's laughable oh. in some parts, but yes, is that? I never, I never that... saw that one. <laughs> where the... Oh, you got to watch it. Yeah, I'm looking at right. Now. Isn't that where the billionaire just has the other version going? Keep no, going. no. Event Horizon is where Sam of... Sam Neil they I'm send of contact. Oh yeah. yeah, I saw that. That was a crazy movie. Yeah, and they send that. Um, that ship, the event horizon through this wormhole to like the other side of the galaxy, supposedly. And it goes through like some hell dimension or something and yeah. comes back with like, you know, I don't know, like doom creatures or something. <laughs> I don't know. But it, it, it was a, it, it's a, it's an acquired taste. It got very mixed reviews when it came out. It wasn't very popular and it lost a lot of money, but, uh, I always enjoyed it. It's a, it's a fun movie to watch if you're in the right mood. I, I think it's definitely something that sci-fi people should watch though. Check it out. Sam Neill, like, goes a little crazy in it, too, doesn't he? He goes a lot of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to watch him go descend into madness. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I don't know why it's fun to watch him one. do that, but it just is. The The only other, just, just off the top of my head, one that enters into that is the one with, um, fuck, uh, it's about the ship that goes across, basically like an arc for Earth. And uh, they go across the galaxy, and a couple people wake up, and all the flight crew's dead. But there are these like they think aliens or creatures that have taken over the ship and like hunting down humans. I'm blanking. Oh, I'm blanking on the guy who's in it. I'm gonna have to look that up for you guys. But spoiler alert or whatever they um, they find out that the ship actually just crashed in the bottom of the world they were planning to go to, and it's just the bottom of the sea. And so they have all these like undersea creatures, which are really why everyone like evolved that way. Sorry about that. Um, I'll look it up for next time. It's a great call. Another kind of like in the same band <laughs> oh of call. I just got that. Oh, what? So it's like the Star Trek episode where everybody's devolving. 
a the, little bit. The crash landing made the other crew members evolve into sea creatures. They're they're kind of they're, <laughs> they say they're sea creatures. They're like creatures that like can survive in this deep pressure. Although these people who like wake up seem to have no problem doing it. Like it's it's just it's kind of an insane plot. I think um the guy who played no I think Norman Reedus is in it for like five minutes and he gets like killed by these things. Cool. Oh, so it's a more recent movie then. Uh, you know, I think this is before he got famous, actually. Okay. Hmm. But so, we're talking 2000s then. Yeah, yeah, okay. probably. Probably. I'll have to check that out. That sounds really weird. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'm going to look at it because I know he's... Really, I know I can really find weird. it. Yeah, it was. It was a weird movie, but it was, um, it was certainly interesting. And there's a couple twists along the way. There's there's uh, there's one main the main character and I'm blanking on his name. Um, he's been in a whole lot of stuff, but I'll try and I'll try and figure it out for next time. What a tease! All yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe though, and I'm just so excited. I have to tell everybody about it. I mean, we've got we're doing comprehensive discussions, reviews in the coming episodes of every movie in the Alien saga. Ooh. In addition to the crappy Aliens vs. Predators movies, both of, that's including Requiem. We're going to do it. We're going to go there. <laughs> and it's not going to be wow. pretty. And then both Predator movies. So I think it's going to be the definitive discussion, definitive analysis of these movies. Forget Roger Ebert. Forget all the critics. <laughs> you know, We're analyzing it from a sci-fi perspective. We're, <sighs> we're going to get hardcore into it. So I'm excited about that. Uh, yo, can, can I? Sorry, can I jump back? I figured out the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, the one that I thought it's Pandorum. Pandorum. Yeah. Pandorum. Okay. Dennis Quaid is the main person who. <coughs> <I'm thinking coughs> Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. It, Norman Reedus <laughs> is in it. I was right. <clears throat> definitely, definitely, kind of uh, in the same vein as that. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's it's kind of it's horror sci-fi, but it's it's worth a watch. All right, Sam. So what's coming down the pipeline for us? Um, watching all the alien predator movies. <laughs> what else? <laughs> um, oh, also, one more show that's coming out that I guess we'll probably we can talk about is uh, AMC has a show called Humans coming out. Oh fuck me! I forgot to go over that. Too uh, high on sci-fi. It's yeah. yeah we AMC, got off track it, a little bit. <laughs> we got blown off course a few times. Um, it, it's it looks like basically it's like futuristic robots that are or androids, I guess, because they look very very human like, and uh, uh, it almost in my mind it sounds I, it's AMC, so I'm willing to give them a lot of credit considering how well they've been doing in choosing content. But uh, I mean, I remember one preview or a trailer from it there's like you know a, a woman robot or whatever she's in the house and a real person's like hey whatever your name is i'm watching you and the robot looks at her and she goes i'm watching you too so it's almost like it seems like i robot type style and like maybe they're going to rebel or something or they're going to kill everyone well you know who knows we'll is will smith going to save them <laughs> i doubt it he's not on the cast list yet yeah <laughs> that's right that and his son. Yep. Right. Oh, <laughs> Jaden get... Smith can save him. Jaden. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, iRobot too. He's Will Smith and After Earth. Scientist Lady's son in After in iRobot too. <laughs> and now he's gonna solve the mystery of the attacking robots. Well this human containers. Not... 
There's not really an iRobot 2 coming, is there? No. Hope not. All right, no. thank God. I've... We say no, but we have really no idea what's up. Some Hollywood producer could listen <laughs> yeah. to this podcast and just have a light bulb go off and say, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, I'm going to make some money. They're doing a Blade Runner 2. They could just readapt that into iRobot 2. <clears throat> oh, God. <laughs> I, I am wary about Blade Runner 2. Just I am as well. Based on <laughs> yeah. how Prometheus turned out. Ridley's return to the, his previous franchises doesn't seem to go as well as he wants. No, yeah, I'm still going to see it, though. I'm yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not fooling anybody. I'm still going to see it. <laughs> um, yeah, so Humans coming out, this, I believe, this fall. Um, so maybe that's – so hopefully that will be a another good addition to AMC's already huge uh, library of great content that exists thus far. And speaking of the same kind of um, story as Humans – well, there. Everybody should go see this movie that's out now called uh, Ex Machina. It's a great movie about androids and human-like androids and how we relate to them. Uh, absolutely amazing movie. People should go see it. So it's kind of the same premise as this human show that we've been talking about. Uh, but I, I think it's it's very disturbing, but very good. It harkens back to the like the really exploratory sci-fi of the '80s and late '70s. So. Check that out. Is it, is it? Yeah, it was made by um, the guy who made uh, Twenty Eight Days Later, right? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Great, great movie. Yeah, I, I was actually that's on my list. I still need to see that movie. Yeah, I think it just got a wider release, so it's out yeah. in yeah, general. Yeah, this weekend I think got the wide release. Yeah. yeah, so you can go see it now. It's it's out there, and I hear it's actually it's done well, very critically, critically. But mm-hmm. uh, I I don't know about box office. I think Age of Ultron and the cohort might still be taking all the money. But go yeah. see this movie. It's probably smaller. There'll be less people in the theater, right? Fewer people. Sorry. <laughs> Good is job. It, it, can I just ask quickly? Is it very? It it is kind of horror, right? It, it seems that way from what I've seen. But Grant sounds like he's the expert on this. Yeah, I don't know if it's like straight up horror, but I think there's some like there's like uh some like body horror in it, you know? Like okay. how people relate to robots in terms of like are they going to be my sex bot or something like that and what are the consequences of that and you know. Hmm. All right. Definitely give it a look. All right, and is is there anything Anything else coming in the pipeline? No, I think that's all we can uh, safely reveal for this week. All right. There are further things in, in discussion in the pipeline, but uh, we don't want to shock anybody. Cause it's it's going to be good. Cause some premature death or anything. So We need to get like uh, Peter Cullen to do our intros and outros to this, so it would be like the old Toonami thing, so he can say at the end of our episode, when you're teasing people like that, he can say, don't even try to grab it or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe we can find just a sound clip of him to play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but good things are coming. Rest assured, good things are coming. Entertaining things are coming. <clears throat> so keep listening, keep tuning in. Uh, Justin, thanks for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for coming back for the next five weeks in advance. Cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Glad <laughs> Big commitment. <laughs> So yeah, uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back with episode 18 uh, next week. 
I know we're a day late, but it was Memorial Day, so we took a holiday. Yeah. So blame Sam for that. <laughs>